Welcome into the official. We've got a great show for you this week per usual, and we're going to change it up a little bit. It is time to take a sneak peek into 2025. So I feel like we've covered uh, 2024, and we will still continue to refine that. But at this point, we've talked 2024 almost to death. We will dig real deep. We're going to end up giving you G5 show. We're going to give you the three-star show, all that good stuff. But for the most part, 2024, most guys are committed. We know where they're going. We have a pretty good feel about who they are. Uh, It's time to take a look in 2025 and how you can use this information. It's not simply just for kicks. If you have picks uh, or if you are, for instance, in a league like the program where you're going to be recruiting guys this year, uh, you can kind of maybe put a little bit more of your recruiting efforts into a certain position, knowing the next year it's going to be weak at that position or whatever. So uh, you can always look, it's always helpful to look a year or two ahead And so that's why we're going to dig into 2025 top end recruits. What's the cream of the crop coming up in 2025? This is the official. Good evening, guys. Good to see you. Are you guys ready to peel back the curtain with 2025? It's not too early, is it? It's never too early, man. That's right. I like that attitude. All right. Well, before we get started, um, you know, just want we have a lot to cover, so I'm going to make this quick. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Enter campus number two, Canton, to your promo code, get 15% off amazing college merchandise. I talk about them every week. If it's your first show, go listen to another show or just go to the website, check it out for yourself. Amazing college merchandise. Also check out campus to Canton.com or parent website memberships as low as two ninety nine dollars gets you um, tons of tools, tons of things for you to make your own, uh, you know, judgments on players, both of the college side and going into the NFL, whether you play dynasty, whether you play Debbie or C2C or college fantasy football, uh, we've got something for you as low as $2.99 per month. Okay, that's out of the way. We're going to speed through because we got to talk about the next, next, next guys. And that's who's coming up in the 2025 freshman class. 24-7 on three, uh, probably rivals, although I don't really check rivals that much anymore. They all have star ratings for these guys. Uh, they've got their initial uh, you know, top 100 uh players. So these guys are ranked. Um, most of them do have some junior tape out. Some of them are still uh, sitting with sophomore tape, but uh, I think there's enough here to start forming opinions. What's the class going to be like? What are the position groups going to be like? And we're going to kick it off with, I believe is he number one player in the country He's definitely the number one QB Bryce Underwood uh, out of Michigan uncommitted, I believe. And uh, Matt, I'm just going to send it to you. Um, we, You created a composite ranking. We all agreed Bryce Underwood's number one. The services agree Bryce Underwood's number one. Uh, I'm going to play his tape and tell me and our listeners why you think he's QB1 in 2025. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, pretty straightforward. He's a very, very high upside pick. I mean, 
Uh, you can see it if you're watching. He has a, a really big arm, a uh, really fast release, too. I mean, he, he gets it out really quick. And uh, he's pretty mobile and athletic, too. So uh, there's just a lot to like there from uh, you know his athletic and physical uh, profile. And uh, I think he, uh, he's doing pretty good statistically this year, too. I think he's a 65 or 67% completion rating, only one interception. So that's looking good. I, I did watch some uh, camp stuff from him from this offseason, and uh, he, he definitely has a lack of touch at the moment. He kind of just... Uh, you know, just full speed whips every ball at their receiver. Uh, doesn't really put much art on uh, like any throws. It's all just line drives and a, a bit inaccurate at times too. His ball placement, he kind of, you know, he's peppering around guys at times, but, you know, still young, still, you know, just entering his junior year uh, and, you know, massive, massive upside. Yeah. I think we talk quite a bit about like, we stay away from raw guys sometimes and we say you are who you are for the most part. But I think when you're looking at sophomore or junior in high school tape, there's probably still actually some room to grow. And so uh, I think you can project a little bit at this point. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think he's, he's been the QB one since the initial rankings came out. I don't think anything's changed that he's got like 700 rushing yards. I think la uh, last year as a sophomore, so definitely a dangerous runner as well. All right, David, we're going to kick it to you for QB2. Not a unanimous QB2 for us, but you and me both have George McIntyre sitting at number two. Matt, I think, has him at three. So we all agree he's pretty good. He's the, he's the you know, the services have him mostly at two. Um, tell us about George McIntyre and, and what are you seeing with him? Yeah, so he's like a really tall, lanky, like he's like 6'5", 185. He's really got. A, he's gonna have to fill out for sure. Uh, also, a really good basketball player. He's kind of a weirdo athletically, though. Like the forty time I fought on him was like a four a four nine eight, which is a little bit strange. But he does. I thought he was pretty spry, and he had a little bit of burst in the pocket. So as far as like his movement goes, I wasn't too concerned about it. But really live arm can throw off platform, can really stress a defense for sure with his arm. And you can see he can improvise, do off-platform stuff. That was pretty cool there. Um, yeah, I mean, all the top teams are are in on him. Um, well, one caveat, I believe his team is, like, not very good, which is always makes me look a little nervous that he can't, like, lead his team to be, like, a you know, it's like a winning record. And I believe he's still a little behind the ball as far as efficiency goes. So it's something to look to look at to see if he progresses in that manner. Uh, but I think he's got a good ceiling. Yeah, I think Brentwood's Academy is a fairly smallish private school in Tennessee. Um, you can see in those clips, like his O-line was just a complete sieve. Um, defenders getting in the backfield. Interesting you mentioned basketball. I feel like, yeah, he moves almost like in the paint. If the pocket's the paint, he can like really get around. But then as far as like game-breaking, scrambling, I'm not sure. But he was very creative, I think, in, in finding space to throw the ball. Um, yeah, he looks pretty good to me, but I think it will be interesting to see, uh, I mean, that competition can't be very good. And, and, uh, if he can't lead his team against bad comp, that's tough. All right, Matt, going back to you, Tavian St. Clair, he is committed to Ohio state. He's your QB two. I think he's my five and he's David's three. So a little bit more variability here as we move down the list, but certainly, uh, pretty athletic and already committed to our state. So that's, that's pretty fun. 
uh, knowing he's going to go to a top tier school. I mean, all these guys, I guess, will. But what do you like about Tavian St. Clair? Uh, yeah, he he's definitely one of the safer options. I feel like a quarterback this year. I I think McIntyre definitely has the uh, you know the bigger upside. He has you know a more fun play style. But Tavian's kind of like you know smooth. He doesn't have a crazy arm. He kind of hangs out in pocket a bit, but he is mobile. Uh, I think he's a seventy six percent passer so far this season, uh, which is you know by far the best in, of all the top guys in the class. I looked at no one else was really uh, even hitting seventy. So. Uh, he kind of stood out for me there, and uh, he's he's a good athlete on top of it. So I, I do like him a fair bit more than Aaron Nolan, who has you know had a pretty bumpy mm. season. Uh, so I'm not really too afraid of the uh, internal competition there for him. Yeah, the motion looks a little funky to me. Um, I, I thought he's athletic and he's going to be dangerous as a runner, um, but uh, he just he didn't look. I don't know. There's something about him that didn't look like a really slick QB yet in terms of his QB-ness. Uh, but, you know, he could tighten that up and get more efficient and get more sharp uh, as the time comes. Obviously, he's completing passes, though, like you said. Um, all right. Now, moving down the list. Now, this guy is rated a little bit lower, but Dave and I both like him. Uh, I think we have him as our QB4. Uh, Matt, I know, did not like him. So this will be an interesting conversation. But, David... Carter Smith out of the Bishop Vero down in Florida. What do you like about him? I think we like kind of the same things. And he's our QB4 in this class. Yeah, I can kind of tell that he was a baseball player when I was watching him. He does a lot of, well, he, you know, different arm angles. Uh, he's a pretty good improviser. I thought he was, I thought he had a good arm. Um, as of two years ago, he had a 91 mile per hour fastball. Like he is actually considered a pretty high highly rated uh, baseball prospect. Um, so I thought his arm was pretty good. And um, he had a lot of tight window throws, a lot of cross field throws. And I thought he moved pretty well. Like that's, that's like an athletic yeah, that's throw. That's a big throw. Right there. That's a big throw. Yeah. So I thought he had a, quite a bit. And he looks pretty natural to me. Like the arm, there's the mechanics in general. It's pretty tight. It's pretty like everything's pretty clean. I thought mechanically. I kind of agree. And I think I thought he was a dangerous athlete runner, Matt, just because you told us, you know, pre-show, you really didn't like him, weren't that impressed. Um, so like, do you pretty much disagree with, with what David and I are seeing here? And you did say, I think you got a poor ball velocity, which I didn't, I didn't know. I, I did not, was. I did not check it. No. Oh, okay. No, I mean, I just, I wasn't deep diving on all these guys, but I did watch his uh, uh, Miami, uh, like a uh, Miami off season quarterback camp and, I think he kind of over underwhelmed me there and just the tape in general. I didn't see as big of an arm as you guys did, but 92 mile per hour fastball, that's pretty darn good. So maybe I'm just, yeah. you know, uh, off on this one, but no, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't in love with what I saw. Okay. That's fair. I mean, you know, I think once we get some real numbers on these guys and maybe we get some breakaway data at some point, that'll be helpful. Uh, the tape is hard, especially I think judging ball velocity and things like that. Um, but I thought he was a pretty interesting athlete, pretty fun looking guy. And then Ty Hawkins, uh, comes in, I think as our fifth, uh, I had him pretty high at number three, he's smaller, but I'll just talk about him briefly. 65% this year, 10 yards per attempt, uh, either this year or may have, I think I tried to get as much up to date, uh, but this could, and then I think he had 500 yards on the ground last year, because this year we don't know how much he's got rushing yet. Um, 
I said he's got slightly clunky delivery, but a strong arm. Can make plenty of throws. I thought he showed some touch and some power. And then he is a dangerous runner, which, of course, is always going to be weighted heavily for me, especially, you know, when we talk about fantasy potential and fantasy points. I really like Ty Hawkins, currently committed to TCU, uh, which is, I think, a a place that we can see some fantasy points. Not necessarily this year too much, but typically. Um, And then there's two other QBs we should probably talk about briefly, uh, partly because they're rated so high. Uh, Antoine Hill, David. I think we feel the same way about him. Um, he didn't make anyone's top five, and he's just recently committed to Colorado, and he's a pretty highly rated prospect. What are you seeing with Antoine Hill? Yeah, the landing spot seems pretty fun. I mean, obviously, the Colorado offense has been really explosive. Um, I didn't really like his footwork. That was... That was like the one thing for me. I thought his feet were pretty heavy. A lot of times he's just kind of like standing there. Um, didn't seem real spry. That's like a big thing for me. I'm looking for like guys that are pretty spry, pretty twitchy. Uh, didn't necessarily see that, but he does have a big arm. He is highly regarded. The landing spot's pretty solid. And, the, you know, they've been getting pretty good receivers as well. So uh, I could definitely see him being successful on the college side i just don't know that i really see an nfl guy personally yeah i think uh the footwork is something i didn't i couldn't pinpoint it but when you mentioned it, i was like yeah i think that that kind of resonates with me just kind of looked a little bit heavy footed and um even for a pocket passer we don't want to see that and then we have deuce knight uh committed to notre dame i believe matt um he's rated you know he's like a top 10 guy what did you see with Deuce Knight? Do you have an opinion here? Oh uh, yeah, I just think he's a he's a fun player. First of all, he's big. He's got a huge arm, lefty, uh, very athletic. So you he, just baseline there. He's got the things I like. I, I think he's like a sixty-five percent completion rate guy, somewhere around there, better than you expect. You know, right up there with some of the other big names in the class, higher than I think McIntyre. I'm pretty sure. So uh, I, I don't think he's you know that much rawer than a lot of these guys. And, uh, you know, I guess Notre Dame, I think he could probably, you know, come in and beat out CJ Carr, who I don't think any of us are very high on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So those are your QBs. Those are an initial, I think we gave you, you know, seven names. Um, And like most classes, there's like a clear one and then kind of a hodgepodge after that. And that's really honestly what you can expect most of the time. Um, Moving on to running backs, we have a unanimous RB1, and I think it's a common – I noticed this year, did you guys feel like a lot of these top guys, at least as it stands right now, are really light? I mean, we're talking 175, 180 for a lot of these guys, except for a few that we kind of bumped up, I think, towards the top of the list. Is it just me? I don't think anything more normal. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> the guy we all have as number one is Osumane Chroma. He's out of Georgia. He's 5'11", 200 pounds. And, uh, David, why is he your RB1? Well, he's probably one of the freakier guys in the class. Moves really well laterally. He's already at the size that we want, like 6'2", 15. Um, he hit 22.6 miles per hour, which is pretty oh. crazy. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. So he's, I don't know. I feel like the services are like a little bit slow to that. Like 
Um, he's actually like really, really fast. I don't know where he's probably going to Georgia. I don't really know though. So it's, it's that'll be interesting to see how, like how productive he is on the college side. If, if he's going to get stuck in a committee, I don't think he will. Cause I think he's just too good. Um, but yeah, you can just see like he moves well, just overall really good athlete. Um, yeah, and I've yeah, got him down. I mean, big. I mean, the athletic and the breakaway speed is one thing uh, we like to see it. But I also had him written down and just said like incredibly tough runner. I mean, just one of the absolute beastiest runners. Just like running through tackles, running through people, seems a good balance too. And then if you can top that with you know breakaway when once he gets out of the you know scrum, that's pretty impressive. I also thought and just saw right there d- downfield catch. He can catch. Look at that. I mean, over the shoulder, down the sideline. That's pretty nice. So he's kind of got all those check boxes that you're going to be interested in uh, for a running back prospect. And then he's going to go to a stud program as well. Then, uh, wait, so well, you guys. Come on. You're, you're going to leave me out of the chroma talk. All right, go, go, go. Come sorry. On, I, First... we, we talked before. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Another note, 700-pound deadlifter as a sophomore in high school is pretty insane. Uh, and for me, he is going to be my highest-graded running back since I've been doing this. He's easily Ooh. a tier one guy for me, better than Singleton. Uh, I think he's pretty can't miss at this stage. Love to hear it. All right, so Matt's starting to get his sea legs here. He had his number one receiver in this class, and now he's got his number one all-time running back ranked since we've been doing this. Uh, that's a big statement. That's a very big statement. So uh, thanks for jumping in there. I wanted. I'm glad you got that out because I, I I would have skipped just to to keep the show going. But that's a very important nugget there. All right. Um, then we got Bo Jack. I guess it's Bo Jackson 2.0. I mean, this. I don't think this is his son. Uh, I think it's another Bo Jackson. But he's a running back. He's big. He's fast. He's out of Ohio. Um, he's y'all's number two and I gotta say that I think I just missed him uh I had watched him I think like six months ago maybe it was his sophomore tape just on a whim I was going through some 2025 guys and found the name Bo Jackson was like I gotta watch it I don't remember being terribly impressed and then we were prepping for this show I didn't go back and look at Bo Jackson obviously I missed something um David tell us why he's your running back too and after looking at him again pre-show here uh, right before we got on, he'll he'll be in there for me as well, pretty close to that. So, what are you seeing? Yeah, so he's like a four sport athlete, kind of does a little bit of everything. He's got the size; he's already like two fifteen. He's got twenty one miles per hour. Um, he can. He's got. You're going to see right here. He can catch the ball downfield. So I think he's got a three down skill set. Um, he's got good contact balance. He can be a high volume guy for sure. So it'll be interesting. Uh, he's out of Ohio. So I know Ohio State was like his second offer, I think. And it'll be interesting to see if they go there and how that's going to work with his. Because we've been talking about how Jordan Lyle and, and James Peoples, we like them, but we just don't know if they're going to like be good enough to, you know, get high volume at, at, at such a good school. So it's like, does Bo Jackson, does he go to Ohio State? Does he come in and does he kind of just, take the workload from those guys. So uh, a lot of factors here, a lot of interesting stuff. You can see he's a stud on defense. So he just kind of does a little bit of everything. 
Yeah, love to see it. I think the potential for Ohio State is interesting. You know, we, we've definitely talked about that class and that whole running back room, honestly, is just kind of meh. I mean, Travian Henderson is supposed to be a dude. He's not looking that much like a dude, at least injury-wise. I don't know what. And then this class is okay. I know I talked about Peoples last time, but if Bo Jackson's kind of like that next upper echelon level guy, I think, yeah, he could come in and command right away. Uh, let's who should we go next? I guess we're going to go Acklin, uh, Akylin. I don't know how to say Akylin Deer. Uh, pretty cool name. We like this because he's big. Uh, and I think he's pretty fast. He's actually rated a little bit lower. He's like down near, you know, 10th, 8th or 9th on 24-7. But we all like him pretty high. Um, Matt, is he just big and fast? What are you seeing with uh, with Deer? But I, I like him too. I think he's my running back too at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the projection with him for now. I mean, he's, well, like 205 and he hits around 21 miles per hour. That'll, uh, that'll get you pretty high in our ranks at least. Uh, I mean, he does just physically kind of looks like a little bit like CJ Baxter to me. I don't think he's quite as physical and, uh, you know, he does, he's not as good in between the tackles, I don't think. But I, I think there's a lot to like. From what I'll be able to tell, he's really productive. I don't think he's playing very high-end uh, California ball, though. So uh, it's going to, be a, going to be a bit of a projection there. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure quite where he's going to land yet either. He's, I think he's uh, been a pretty uh, big riser from this season, or I think late last season, that, uh, you know, he's still not super on the services radar quite as high as, you know, some of these other guys. Yeah. Uh, I've got him at, uh, did he transfer something? I've got him in Mississippi. Um, oh, am I at least on 24 seven. Oh, maybe I just. So maybe really he winds up at Ole Miss. Mind. I could see that, um, you know, unless he rises up and starts getting some high level uh, offers or something like that. Oh no, you're right. Mississippi. Who am I thinking of? Okay. Well, just ignore me. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I mean, I'm the, usually the one making these mistakes. Uh, it's no big deal. All right, so Harlem Barry comes in next for us, and he's uh, rated higher. Actually, 24-7 has, has uh, the composite. I believe he is the number one composite. He's out of Louisiana, 5'11", 175, so that's a little light. But uh, we'll just go back to David. Harlem Barry, do you think he should be the composite number one? Um, I mean, no, I think it's Chroma, but he is very good. Um, he does take eye contact pretty well for a smaller guy. Um, it's just kind of what we always, we were always asking like, okay, like how big is he, is he going to get? And if he doesn't get as big as we want, can he still be good otherwise? And I think so. Like, if, if he plays at 200, I, I still think there's definitely NFL upside here because he's just very fast. He moves really well. Um, the 1v1s I saw, like, I couldn't tell, like, his ball skills really. Like, it was just a couple of reps, and his ball skills didn't look all that good to me. So that's another thing. It's like, if you're a smaller running back, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that you can catch as well. But – other reports that I've seen from other camps is that he was a, a good pass catcher. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on his pass catching. 
I had written down adequate, uh, nothing that I saw that was like kind of special, but that he showed at least, I mean, sometimes these guys have 10 minute clips and 10 minute reels and there's like not one catch. So at least if they're showing some, you know, that's helpful. Matt, I, I watched, uh, I watched the same camp that David did. Then I found, uh, there was another one where we went to a LSU camp in the off season. He actually looked pretty good in that say I didn't see him drop any. So, uh, it could have just been a bad day for him there. Fair enough. All right, and moving to our RB5, we've got Gideon Davidson or Davison. Uh, I thought he showed pretty good. Uh, like he was a high-end receiver is what I wrote down. Um, acceleration, deceleration said good football IQ. don't know why I said that, but that's what I said when I was writing down some notes. Um, David, I said he had some ruddering. Did you see that? Did you notice that as well? I know we've talked about ruddering before. Yeah, I noticed a few plays where he was ruddering. Right there. Right, uh, right there, you can see it. Um, yeah, because that, so I, I can't get a good feel for him, honestly, because I, I didn't have enough time. I was scrambling. I watched like three plays, and he's, that's, he was. That's a sweet yeah, play. That's pretty good. He is freaky. Like, he looks freaky to me. Like, when I looked at, I found some pictures of him on, on Twitter, and he looks super shredded. Like, he's got like no body fat. And a lot of his athletic marks are really good. And yeah, as you can see, he can catch the ball. So I, I, I don't know what you guys think, but he's he's like almost between like a scat back and like a three down like workhorse type guy. I just I wasn't really sure exactly what to think about that. And and maybe he just gets into like a, a bit of a platoon with uh, Ezio Mume. I, so I don't know. I'm sort of stuck on that part of it. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think he's pretty close to Ezio. Uh, yeah, I, it's tough. I, I don't think size would really be the issue. I think he'll probably be pushing 200 by the time he's on uh, campus. So I, I wouldn't really be too concerned about that part. But, uh, yeah, I mean, both are very pretty high-end athletes. I think Gideon has slightly better numbers at this stage, especially considering you know he has two more track seasons left. He'll probably be uh, well over where Ezio, Ezio Mume is now. Uh, so it's tough. I it, I think it really just hurts both of them because uh, you know I don't think either of them can be really a workhorse with the other in the backfield with them. Uh, all right, Matt. I got to ask you. Well, I mean, David too. Honestly, either one can answer. But you know, Jordan Davis Davison. Jordan Davison is the guy out of Matter Day. He's been taking snaps from Nate Frazier. We've been saying, oh, the 2025 guys actually may be better than Frazier. But he didn't make our top five here. Nobody's top five for Jordan Davison. Um, Matt, like one or two sentences on why he didn't make it. I thought we'd been kind of talking him up. But we've when you sat down to look, were you less impressed? Uh, yeah, pretty much. He, he just did not have any juice, really. And he wasn't really as good, nearly as much of a tackle breaker as I was expecting. Like, he was... You know, going down on pretty much first contact on all of his highlights uh, for you okay. know, a 200-plus-pound guy. It, it was pretty disappointing. Yeah. Okay, and then I'll just mention briefly Anthony Turbo Rogers. He's uh, 24-7's number one. He's going to be rated very high by almost all the services. Uh, I looked at his sophomore tape. I thought he was – I mean, he's lightning fast, no doubt. I think – did uh, did we got him at 22-plus? Yeah, I got him at 22.1. So 22 yeah. is an elite number for max mph 
but he might we're not sure if he's a great running back i mean he's a great athlete he's got good body control i think he's gonna big make some big plays but he transferred to img and he's sitting kind of behind Jarrett gibson who's the 2024 running back that we've talked about so he's um not terribly efficient uh and when he stepped up in class down at img it's been a little bit of a different outcome so and he's small He's 185. So he's like 5'8, 185. So, you know, having a tough time projecting size. He's very fast, but if he's not efficient and you, we can't get his size, you know, those are some bad ingredients for like kind of a gadgety big play guy, but not a, not a consistent producer. Um, and so that's running back. I feel like we should have talked, you know, we need to mention those two guys who did not make our top five. Um, but let's move on to receiver. We've got quite a few to talk about as usual. But um, I thought we were going to have a consensus wide receiver one, but it looks like we didn't. Um, I want to ask David why Decorian, Decorian more over um, Ryan Williams. I thought we were all going to agree on, on Ryan Williams, but it looks like you guys both came in with more. Yeah, I, I was watching the um, Under Armour top or 50 whatever whatever it is underclassmen like the 1v1s man he just looks so so explosive to me um and he moves just really well i think he's a better a better bigger athlete than ryan williams uh he's 22.6 miles per hour um gosh so that's gonna put him in the i mean i would feel like that comfortably puts him in the four threes um I think Matt, I don't want to steal your thunder. You can talk about like, the comp that you had for him. But like he's he's sort of um a little bit like Micah Hudson, I feel like, from the last class. Maybe not as as maybe not as good after the catch, but I think he is really good after the catch. He's super coordinated. He's gonna go up and get it. Um I don't know. I just thought he was a well-rounded receiver. I didn't really see any any weaknesses. I just thought he was a little bit more, a little bit bigger and a little more explosive than Ryan Williams personally. Yeah, I mean, Matt, anything to add there? I thought he was. I have I have written down. I said lethal yak. I thought he was incredible uh, with the ball, and um, you know, I thought he was really really good. Uh, I agree with what David said. I just, I mean, I have him almost one, two. Anything additional for more? Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, he's going to be up in that, you know, Mika Hudson type area for me, grading wise. Uh, I mean, athleticism wise, and David said 22.6. He's a really good track and field guy, too. Uh, you know, great vertical jump, great ball skills. I mean, he's got a bunch of, you know, one handed plays that I saw just scrolling through Twitter. Um, you know, I kind of comped him a little bit to Odell. It might be a little lazy concerning you know, the LSU connection, but you know, I just kind of see it. He's got that athletic ability. He's got the hands, got the after catch ability. He's you know pretty refined, much more refined than Ryan Williams is. I think. Uh, I think he works with David Robinson. Do you remember David? I think it was David Robinson. I forget. He, he works with one of the bigger Texas wide receiver trainers out there, and uh, okay. you know, I just I just think he's uh, like. That he just really doesn't have any holes, and he has such a good athletic profile on top of it. All right. Oh, and, and statistically, he's fantastic too. Looking uh, good. Producing really well on one of the top teams in Texas. Yeah. I mean, you love you love guys out of Texas for sure. 
All right. Well, Ryan Williams, I'll talk a little bit here. I mean, I think we all like him. Uh, you guys have him as your two. I have him as my one. Um, and the reason I had him as one, I just thought he looked, I know you actually, interestingly enough, just said you thought more was more refined. I thought Ryan Williams looked incredibly refined. I mean, this is junior tape. Uh, he's got some blocks on there even. Um, but I thought he just looked really, I think I wrote down, like he just looks like he knows what he's doing as a receiver out there, almost a professional level, just kind of like body control. And I just thought he like really seemed to play the position extremely crisp, extremely, um, you know, tight with, uh, routes and all that. On top of that, he definitely has, uh, you know, enough top end speed. He's a fast guy too. Um, I thought he had some nuance to his game, but not a ton of like hard breaking ins and outs, that kind of stuff. So would be looking a little bit more for some route running evidence, I suppose. But otherwise he just kind of looked like he really had a, a good, good, uh, you know, sense of how to play a wide receiver that I think will carry over to the next level. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. He's your two. So you like him as well. Uh, anything, to add or I, you know, something you didn't like that I seem to like. Yeah. We, we both watched, uh, he was also at the Under Armour, uh, future 50. And, you know, I don't think he really had an awesome performance there. I think that's really kind of what initially separated more, uh, from it for us. And, uh, something that's a bit of a red flag for me. I think he's like down, like, you know, like 30 yet less receiving yards per game this year compared to a sophomore season. Uh, which is, you know, pretty weird. I, I don't want to see guys regressing down like that. So, uh, you know, just a couple things I was concerned with. Okay, that's good uh, on his 2023 performance. David, anything else? Yeah, I think he's a loosey-goosey athlete, which I really like. I think he's a little spindly, a little little slender, which is a little is off-putting slender. for me. It's like yeah. he's, uh, depending where you look, he's like 155, 160, maybe, maybe a little heavier than that, but Looks a little fragile, but not a big deal. It doesn't seem like these days. Like he'll put on the weight in, in the college weight room. I'm not too concerned with that. Um, but I think these two guys are like kind of like a mile. I don't know what you what you guys think, but like I think these two guys are like a mile ahead of like the rest of the class for me. I think they're absolutely uh, in their own tier, uh, and maybe more by the time it's all said and done, will be in his own tier. Uh, based on how y'all are talking about him. So let's move on to another Alabama commit. Ryan Williams is committed to Bama. Moore is committed to LSU. Uh, Jamie French, another Alabama commitment. I don't know what to say. I think, David, I'll I'll let you talk about him because, I mean, we've talked a little bit about kind of, you know, you said you're a boring wide receiver guy now. I feel like that's kind of what he is. He's like, he's going to be a consistent, maybe a possession type receiver. Um, Not kind of just a balanced all around good, but nothing that you're like, wow, when you watch him. Yeah, that's my new brand. I'm, I like the possession guys. Um, <laughs> he's a good, he's a good, he's really smart. He knows what he's doing. That's, that weighs a lot for me at this point. Um, athletically, yeah, he's in the 25th, 25th percentile. Um, Matt and I were talking, he's, he, he really is kind of like a Josiah trader for us, which I think he'll end up being in my tier, trader will end up being in my um, tier two for the 2024 class, just because it's, it's a lot of the same things. Like, I think he knows what he's doing, um, but he's also like a, a around there, around a 25th percentile athlete, which I don't love. 
honestly betting on that type of guy like for the long term because there's just not that many outline there's not that many NFL successful NFL guys like under 50 percentile athletes just there's there's just not that many it's like C.D. Lamb was one of them I, what was the other one it was like Jarvis Landry but they, hmm, it's, a, it's a small group and I saw the comp on on three was like Calvin Ridley I just don't think he has that type of juice personally maybe he can improve as an athlete you know, as he gets older and stuff. Um, so that's something to kind of watch for to see if maybe he looks a little more explosive, you know, this year and, and next year. Also, the way things are going in Alabama now, I mean, I'm not, not going to declare the, the program, you know, officially over, but like we can't, you know, the way we were betting on Alabama's skill positions the last three years ago seems we can't quite do that right now. Um all right, I'm going to talk about a guy who you guys did not rank in your top five, but, man, I just loved what I saw out of Derek Smith. Uh, my notes for this guy are he's a ball player. Uh, I said he's got multiple OMG plays on both sides of the ball. I think he has acceleration, change of direction skills. Uh, he makes a bunch of different moves and always seems to be going uphill um or downhill i suppose uh you know kind of forward progress even when he's cutting even when he's making um cuts and things i mean and i do look for stuff like this i mean that play to close on another ball carrier make that tackle like it's that's instinct acceleration um and closing speed which i think can you can move to the you know the offensive side of the ball and then plays like this i mean he's just weaving in and out of traffic, a lot of plays where I just sat up in my chair and I was like, holy crap, what did he just do? So, you know, that doesn't happen terribly often. And when a guy's got three on his highlight tape, I'm like, all right. Um, so I was pretty impressed. I think he's listed as an athlete some places. Um, so he might be kind of raw, but I was pretty impressed. Matt, any thoughts on Derek Smith? Uh, did you did you take a look and is he a wide receiver or is he maybe going to be an, uh, an athlete? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure he's a wide receiver. And uh, I, I mean, he's really fun. I definitely won't deny that. He's a bit like uh, the Nitro Tuggle of this class kind of. Okay. Um, but he was also at, you know, the Under Armour Future 50 that we keep, that we mentioned like 15 times tonight. And uh, he was one of the quieter guys. There. I don't think he necessarily looked bad, but he didn't really have very many or if any standout plays. And uh, so I, I think he's probably a good bit raw at the moment. So that, that's okay. pushing uh, definitely a top 10 guy for me at the moment. But uh, I don't think he's quite nearly as refined as any of uh, the other guys I have in my top five. All right. All right. Good to know about the, yeah, the camps. Um, I didn't get around to looking at some of those for this show yet. Uh, and then we'll move to a guy that I did not have. And you guys both have in your top five. Um, Dylan, Diane or McCutcheon, who is uh, David's three and Matt's four. Um, Matt, talk to us about McCutcheon here. 43 for 708. That's a big yards per reception. Uh, yeah, I, he's really just a really good all around guy. I mean, he's got pretty good athletic testing. He's got really nice ball skills. You know, you can go up and get it. He's got some nice one-handed catches and, uh, a pretty refined guy too. Uh, he, he does work out with Mark and hooks. I remember that one uh, specifically. And uh, you know, I, I think that shows definitely on his tape. And he was another guy at the UA Future 50. Uh, he didn't have very many reps, but he did look very good the ones he had. Uh, just visited Ohio State last weekend and left there with an offer. So he's definitely somebody whose uh, stock is trending up a good bit at the moment. 
And uh, yeah, I just think he has a super well-rounded skill set. David, anything to add? He's your three. Yeah, so like, I think he's pretty polished. I I really prefer these guys that have like these private wide receiver coaches, like you mentioned, margin hooks. Like, their footwork is really good. You can see he's at he's like really agile. He's he's just like he's such an Ohio State wide receiver to me. Like when I watch him, <laughs> and he's got the He's got a 22-7 long jump. I, I just like to see that. It just since I don't always trust, like I can see burst, but then it, it just sort of uh, solidifies it for me. Um, so I think he's got the burst, and with 21.2 miles per hour is plenty fast enough for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think, and the ball skills, yeah, I just think, I just think he's just very well rounded, and he has more juice than like Jamie French to me. So that's why I, I had him ahead of, ahead of him. Okay, fair enough. You can keep talking. We'll go on to uh, Marsh, who you guys both have as your five. Um, so uh, then we'll throw it to Matt afterwards. But David, uh, Andrew Marsh here. Looks like that's in Texas because that looks like a field I've seen before. Yeah, he's um, he's got a lot, of, a lot of good athletic markers as well. He's kind of like this mid-sized guy that I'm, I've been grav- gravitating towards, you know, like the six-foot, 180 guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's hyper productive. He's been really productive on a good team with you know with good. In- he plays with uh, Zachary Sample, who's actually a sleeper that we like in the 2024 class. Um, also works with the private. I'm pretty sure he might also be with Margin Hooks as well. Um, but like I honestly, I was like struggling to find like the fifth wide receiver. I was like kind of passionate about honestly. Um. I didn't go super deep on us. I didn't have enough time to go like super deep, but I think like um, for a guy that's not especially tall, he, he might be a little high cut. Um, and so like sometimes this change of direction is just okay. Um, I wish it was like a little bit better. And the more I combed through his highlights, I thought his ball skills were a little shaky. Like he had quite a few double catches and stuff, but um, he's pretty well-rounded in general. Um, and I think he's, every time I see him, I think his route running gets a little bit better and he looks a little more smooth. So I'm, I'm hoping that it continues to ascend. Anything to add, Matt, for, uh, Andrew Marsh? No, I think David covered that pretty well. Okay. And then I will wind us up here, uh, with Isaiah Mosey, um, who is my wide receiver five. And what I've got for him is that he's got breakaway speed, dangerous yards after catch, uh, the biggest thing that I said was concerning was, you know, limited route diversity, but um, you know, that can, you know, looking at more film over time, maybe we'll see some more stuff. You know, you never know who's putting these highlight clips together, but kind of seemed to be a lot of uh, long plays and some, you know, the, the classic, like you either throw it deep or you give him a screen, but I thought he looked pretty good. And the acceleration here is pretty awesome. Pass number three there. Um, and then, you know, making some cuts. I just thought he looked really fun, really athletic. Matt, was there a reason that he was not uh, – did you look at him and have any any thoughts about him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought he was just pretty straight line. I didn't really see very high-end ball skills. And another guy at the, at the UA Future 50 that kind of uh, was overshadowed by a lot of other people. Okay. All right, so we'll – Before we end it, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, yep. Go ahead. We'll review the top five. You want to go to QB and just yep. run it? 
So our composite, Bryce Underwood, unanimous QB1. George McIntyre is number two. We talked a little bit about uh, McIntyre versus St. Clair. Um, but Matt thought St. Clair is a little more safe and going to Ohio State. We like that. And we're not sold on Aaron Nolan. So thinking early playing time, not a concern. Carter Smith, Dave and I liked him. Matt did not have him in his top five. Uh, so we're defer, uh, differing opinions on Carter Smith. And then Ty Hawkins finishes up. He only made it into my top five, but we were kind of split uh, among the QB five. And he was like slightly higher, although not in the top five for the other two guys. So that's why he ended uh, as the composite QB five. And so now we've got uh, a unanimous RB1. Matt has Chroma as his highest rated running back ever uh, in what, three or four? Three years. Three, doing. This three is your third years, full yeah. class. Mm-hmm. Um, so three full years doing this. Highest running back we've rated, and we've had some pretty good guys like Cedric Baxter that we were kind of excited about, and um, Justice Haynes, and Nicholas Singleton for that matter. Chroma beats all of them uh, for Matt. And Bo Jackson playing pretty good, looking like his namesake, although unrelated to the Bo Jackson, but looking pretty good anyway, uh, running back two. Uh, deer, big and fast. Um, as the running back three, you'll notice that our list is always going to, you know, kind of gravitate towards 200 plus running backs. Uh, Harlan Berry is slightly undersized, but looks pretty good out of the state of Louisiana. And then Gideon Davidson looks kind of like an all purpose, um, useful running back in the mold of, uh, Ezio Mume from the 2024 class and both going to Clemson as a matter of fact. And then we've got DeCorey and Moore. Uh, wide receiver one. And I got to say, I really liked him and I may have been convinced uh, after talking to these two guys here on the show, he might end up being unanimous wide receiver one, which would probably make the first time in history. We've had a unanimous RB one receiver one quarterback one. We'll see if it stays that way. Ryan Williams, very good player as well. Just maybe lacks a little bit of that upside compared to more. And then Jamie French seems very safe and, and solid, but nothing to hang your hat on athletically. Dylan McCutcheon looks very good. Uh, David said he is your classic wide, uh, higher state wide receiver, which we like that. That's been pretty good for fantasy and pretty good for NFL draft capital over the last four or five years. And then Andrew Marsh uh, out of the state of Texas. I'm never going to bet against a Texas receiver um, looking good at wide receiver five. So there you have it. A very, very early look at where this class stands heading into a year and a half out, although these guys, some of them are already committed and you're going to have signing day in December and then you're going to get staffs pushing for commitments for the 2025 class. Not that long. I mean, we're talking three months and these guys are going to start committing in, in, in you know, in waves for the, for this class. So it's really never too early. And then in terms of, and I'll throw it to you guys real quick, in terms of position groups, it seems like running back is definitely going to be better than 2024. Would you agree with that? And where would you say receiver is versus 2024 uh, as of now, when you've looked early on? I think the running backs at the top are definitely a big upgrade. I think uh, between Harlem Barry, uh, uh, Bo Jackson and uh, Chroma, I think those three are probably better than anybody in the 24 class. And then I feel like everyone else is kind of about the same. Uh, so really just the top and then depth about the same uh, wide receiver. I think, you know, we said it, the two at the top are very good. Moore is extremely good. And after that, there's a, there's a pretty big drop off. I think there aren't a ton of 
uh, guys I'm really that into at the moment. Okay. And then David quarterback, I know you've struggled with the quarterbacks in 2024 quite a bit, although I feel like we've kind of come around to thinking it's not that bad of a class. Um, there's a trio at the top in 2024. What about 2025? I mean, Underwood and then it's uh, hodgepodge. We'll see how these guys develop over the next year and a half. huh? Yeah. I think Underwood has the highest ceiling between the two classes. Um, and then there's like a bunch of, I think there's maybe more interesting guys um, that have decent ceilings that we just kind of have to see how it plays out um, in the 2025 class that is. But yeah, like mm -hmm. you said, 2024, it's kind of like the three guys it seems like. And then I don't know, then it's just kind of like college guys, that, you know, landing spot and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see how, especially how St. Clair, because like obviously going to Ohio State, you can be, you know, that's going to put you on the NFL map for sure. And then yeah. McIntyre, like you can just see, like he's got upside. It's just he's just a string bean at this point. He's got a he's got some development to do for sure. And he's really tall. I mean, if he's truly six six, uh, sometimes that's too tall. But I guess we'll see. Maybe he's really six five or six four and a half, and uh, that would actually be better. I think. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks. This was a great show. It's always fun to bring up new names we haven't talked about before and really see you know those next next guys in line. Um, appreciate all the hard work you put in and, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it for this week. We'll do it again next week. This is the official.